take a look at the many unknowns that, that are on this earth. Joining us tonight, the regulars, Henry Hilton and Alex Walker. Right, Dodsley. And then we're also joined by Henry's mate, Ollie, tonight, Risco. Hello. How are you? Yeah, not bad, so are you? I'm good, mate, I'm good. Um, good. Before we start, I just want to make a, make a point saying this is not the first time we, uh, <laughs> we recorded this one, basically, because last time we recorded it, the whole of Discord got shut down, and we were left in the dark what we were going to do with the, uh, the recording, whether it was going to be all right. And it probably would have been all right for the fact that I forgot to download it, so it got lost forever. So that episode will go down in Where's Johnny History as the lost episode. It's, it's just a shame it can't surface many, many moons after it was once recorded. There was some good gold in it, but I'm not going to lie, I'm quite pleased it got lost because there was some spicy content on that one. By spicy, what, what, what Dodsey means to say is that he was quite critical of a major world power that we won't name for the purpose of this podcast. China. I'm not saying much, but a very authoritarian government was named quite a few times. And if that was posted up, I'd be on their blacklist. Arrested immediately if I got off the plane in China. In Beijing, yeah. I think at this stage, you've already said enough. And any time you ever want to go on a holiday to what may or may not be the, the Far East, I don't think you're making it onto a plane, lad. <laughs> off the plane, like, straight on a train. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you like two minutes in. <laughs> this podcast cannot be tamed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Can the fish say in the edit? I mean, that's, that's a horrendous joke that is. I know it's awful, isn't it? I love that. Thomas the Tank Engine is the title, bro. Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> oh man. There was also quite a lot of calling people out in the last one as well, I thought. I mean, I, I felt that uh, I was given my fur, m- many things said in years gone by on the rugby field. But I oh, that's what this, that's what come back in, surely. I, I feel like there's only so many times you can subject a poor man to such treatment. No. <laughs> you gotta beat a man whilst he's down, corners. It's like that. It's like that meme where they hit the coach. He's like, "Honey, it's time to captain the threes again." And Hilton's like, "Yes, dear." <laughs> <laughs> oh, behave yourself. That's not really <laughs> threes again. I'm joking. It's just it's it's a, a joke. A slight undercurrent there. Am I captain two seasons in a row? Oh, there we go. There's only captain Oh, behave yourself, Oliver. <laughs> I mean, it's been a it's been a while since we've done this, so I thought we'd just have a quick catch up with everyone. So Walker, um, it's been like three weeks since we recorded. So you've been up to anything interesting? Done anything? Found anything out about this unknown world we live in? Um, I had a pretty hectic three weeks, to be fair, since we last recorded. Mm. It's my birthday last week. Turned twenty-one. Oh, happy birthday, big two-one. Thank you very much. Twenty plus one. I had a date as well. Oh, ooh. That went quite well. How well's yeah. one does not kiss and tell Hilton? Come oh, on. Yeah. It's a bit public. It's a bit public to tell, like. Exactly. 
everyone's re- remaining anonymous. And I've, I've recently discovered a completely new genre of music to me, which I'm now a bit obsessed with. Pop. Is it K-pop? It's not K-pop. Oh. Is it hard style? Is it what? So is it hard style? Never heard of it. No. Get in the bit. <laughs> no, it's a playlist on Apple Music called Balearic Essentials. I mean, that sounds like slightly cult related. It sounds like something you'd uh, snort cocaine to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't go that far, but you're probably not far off, to be fair. Is this something you might take magic mushrooms to? You definitely could. Maybe. The description is spinning an unpredictable blend of offbeat rock and electronic funk. That just sounds horrible. It's hell. not. It's not, mate. So relaxing, honestly. Sounds a bit nuts, that. I would recommend. Can we link some changes in the bio? I mean, you won't recognise any of them. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you to tell me about the songs. I'm saying if they're particularly good and they're not mainstream, we should use our quite frankly humongous platform with our hopefully still 11% of Japanese listeners. Konnichiwa, by the way. This is what I was wanting to get onto. I guess that's a good segue into this. Was it the last one we talked about that? It was the one that failed. All right. So I'd just like to say that our listenership has diversified in the amount of countries listening to us. Wait, it's gone up. There's a lot more new countries that are listening to us. So What? <laughs> Why? We've not set out an episode in like three. I know. All right, I'll go through the list. So, like, obviously UK is at the top 89% listenership. Oi, oi. United States and Norway are both 4%, 3% respectively. Big thanks to Ashley in Norway there. I absolutely know it's you. <laughs> the ones we covered before, we looked at Japan, looked at Germany, made some pretty distasteful jokes about their their alliances in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and then realised that our listenership from Nagasaki and took it all back. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. That was literally, for the listeners that won't ever get to experience that moment, I was sat talking about the fact that our Japanese listeners had gone down slightly, and then Dodsey made a joke about something about it being a bombshell, and then read out after that, moments later, that our main listenership was from fucking Nagasaki. It was awful. The other countries which we now have listenership for... These are all less than 1%, by the way, so I guess we don't really know how many people from each country have been listening. At least one. At least one person from each of these countries has listened to at least, like, five seconds of our podcast. So, Switzerland, unfortunately, there's not enough data to see whereabouts in Switzerland these people are listening from. So, we have Switzerland... The short stay in Switzerland. Yeah, uh, I'd like to think that someone's last wish was to hear us on repeat. I mean, the question is, how far is it to get? Today's in chocolate. Oh, well, I, I don't have the data on that, so... Uh... This is no better. We've gone from criticising the far east to talking about the suicide. Talking about euthanasia. We must be doing something half decent with criticising the CCP because we've got what less than 1% listenership in Hong Kong. Come on! Excellent. Maybe this is what they they play to the uh, people who are asking for the euthanasia. What, they don't give them a joke, they just play this? (laughs) Oh, God. Actually, could Hong Kong be Jason? Could be. I think it could be, yeah. Could be. I reckon that one's someone we know. I I reckon some of these are some people we know, to be fair. I'm not sure about Japan. But I know people probably would listen in the rest of these countries. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I know absolutely nobody from Japan, as far as, far as I'm aware. I don't know anyone from Japan. Dodzy? 
Um, no, I don't know anyone from Japan either. Maybe it's just someone with a VPN on. Yeah. How gutting would that be? You know what, Walker? I choose to believe it's not somebody with a VPN. I don't all think this, it is, all no. this time, we think we're global and they've just got a VPN on. There's no we think we're global. We are global. It's like Pitbull when he psychs himself up before a video and he's like, screech. Exactly. He's Mr. Worldwide. We are Mr. Worldwide. We are Podcast Worldwide. Podcast Worldwide doesn't Prestige sound like Prestige and Podcast Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Prestige Worldwide. <laughs> so the other countries which we have listed this for are Denmark, New Zealand, the Netherlands, and Ireland. Well, I guess the Dutch will be interested in our last episode that just went out about drugs, which is quite an interesting one. Good links. It's a very good link. Very good link, usually. Well, hopefully everyone's listened to that one before they've listened to this one, but if you haven't, go listen to it because it was a pretty decent one. I mean, to be fair, as we've recorded this episode, literally seconds, moments, minutes, m- milliseconds ago, the drug episode has been released. And... It's out there now. Oh, no. It's out now. It's a stormer of an episode, isn't it, boys? Very good. It's a very good one. I like. I enjoyed recording that one. It was a very interesting one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we, we managed to keep the, the somewhat, I want to say comedic, but that sounds very conceited to say that we're funny as opposed to just a group of twats speaking over Discord. We, we kept that sort of light-hearted approach whilst delving into something perhaps a bit more meaningful as well. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of um, The Misfits recently. I think our style is quite like theirs, but we put a bit more structure into our show. So what you're saying is that we're better than The Misfits? Um, sounds like it. We're getting there. We're getting there. I guess that's their style. Their style is more just like chat, if you get me. Whereas, like, we have things, but we also chat as well. Yeah, a bit of structure. Bit of structure. Well, I mean, I think they've got pretty good at, like, just going off it because, I mean, you've yeah. got the, the characters they've got in, like, The Misfits are, like, pretty decent. Like, but I, I think Swagger Soul is quite interesting, but he's, he's always there to pick up the conversation, if you get me. Mm. And then the rest of them just add to the conversation quite well as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I enjoy listening to the, and And in fact, even... They come up quite a bit like clips on my TikTok. Oh, yeah. I enjoy engaging in their content. So I think we've always wanted our sort of style to be as if you've gone down the pub, you've got a, you've got a drink in your hand, which I can I can say quite solidly, Ollie and I have definitely <laughs> achieved that right now. And we're just, having, we're just having a bit of a chat. I think if we can delve into something meaningful and having it, I won't say intellectual, but again, I said that saying that we're funny is conceited. Saying that we're smart is definitely conceited. <laughs> So speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm funny, unintelligent, and incredibly good looking. Triple threat. And for anyone looking for Alex's uh, Instagram, it's going to be in the bio of this podcast. It will be down below. We've already plugged it before. Our resident bachelor taking names. Yep. He will never break your heart, but he can break the line, which is good. <laughs> That's just a shit chat. I love. No, it's just fucking, it's just dog shit. It's oh, just... Christ. Anyway, get on to what, what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to go and talk to Ollie. We're going to talk about general stuff, rugby, his special friend, Henry. And then we'll get into the interesting stuff on uh, dreams, paranormal experience, which we talked about last time, which we're quite keen to revisit. And then we'll get on to some Gentleman's Corner, finish off with the good stuff. I mean, it's all good stuff, but finish off with the really Even good stuff, if you get me. Stuff. I've got a real conquer for gentlemen's corner this week when we when it comes to us actually if uh, when it comes to pass if that's it, it's, it, well, quite quite precisely when it comes to pass I've got a, I've got a real stormer to to bring to the table anyway so Ollie welcome again to the podcast the second time you've been on how does it feel to be the first guest to be on twice yeah, fucking hell that's, huge, that's a good point huge I feel really accomplished that I've uh, managed to speak it's not been done before 
It didn't so, even occur to me. <laughs> Literally, you're the first repeat guest in yeah. the show's history. Well, technical difficulties working in this nah, area. fuck off technical difficulties. That, that's like the VAR. You can say he's, he's playing <laughs> yeah. to the conditions. <laughs> Craig. Yeah, it's all Craig's fault. Stupid Craig. <laughs> so how, how how did you get to know Hilton? Because you wouldn't be here, of course, without knowing Hilton, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, secondary school. We were in the same class, weren't we? We were. And uh, from that moment on, a good friendship and obviously with rugby we've, we're both rugby boys both play the game so through school as well we're just obviously in the same teams and obviously growing up playing together so uh it's a long-standing friendship between me and henry yeah um sorry just show me <laughs> i've just shifted over to ollie um, what the podcast won't have picked up is as you're introducing Ollie, I'd lost my phone. I was I was madly running around the room trying to find it. I've just uh, I've written down so he could discreetly look at what my my entry for gentleman's corner was going to be tonight. Instead of discreetly reading it, he decided to stop talking altogether. Mate, listen, sorry, sorry, boys. This is one of the things about me. I'm, I'm I've got dyspraxia. I am a diagnosed dyspraxic. I cannot multitask for shit. So if I'm doing something, I I have to stop what I'm doing. And focus on the other thing, you know, you know what I mean? Hilton can't read and uh, you can't write. You make quite a good team then. You're like a, you're like a super group. <laughs> um, it's, it's like if, if Justice League had disabilities and their superpowers, yeah. that's what we are. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I only, I only recently got, I don't know, do you say diagnosed? I don't know. I think you would. Yeah. I think you would say that, yeah. I've only recently been diagnosed with dyspraxia. And looking back at it, I'm thinking, how the fuck I've been through my whole like, rugby career so far? You know, since the age of like the nines, I've managed to somehow get by with being dyspraxic and playing rugby. Well, right. the main downside of dyspraxia is you are very uncoordinated. You like, you know, catching a ball should be an issue, but somehow I've managed to cope. The thing is, this 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 is the thing. It's it's not like you're a second row or a flanker where all no. you do is tackle, jackal, and ruck. Like you're a ball carrier. You're a, you're a front rower and eight. Your job is to catch Carry the ball. ball yeah. and run. Like. Surely at some point somebody would have gone. Oh, Hang on a second, he's <laughs> he's fucking shit at catching. Well, you're better than Henry at least. That's uh, that's something. Well, that's yeah, going going back to our uh, our friendship, I do want to give you boys a little anecdote. I did in fact uh, mention. Well, I'll give you a few anecdotes. <laughs> this is it. This is the story told last time. This is gonna be great. To go the two that you brought up last time because they're quite funny. Yeah. I reckon Henry was thinking yeah. that um, he was gonna exactly, he was gonna yeah. get out. I'm not, I'm not gonna free, lie, boys. Like... I was talking to I was talking to Lucy about this, the beloved Miss Trendle Carr. I was I was having a chat with her earlier on, and I was saying, you know what? The the only benefit of our wonderful, quite frankly hilarious pre-recorded podcast not being recorded is that the opportunity for our now global audience to listen to me getting absolutely slewed for some of the shit I've said on the rugby pitch before. That's gone. Lost to the annals of time. It's coming back with a bang. First anecdote I'd like to say, I've already said this to you fellas um, before, but for the uh, benefit of the audience, we'll, we'll revisit. I think we, rat, we rattle over yeah. I think we'll... There's it, really, there's there's not much to them. The, the, the basic... Yeah. All the time we need, Hilton, all the time we need. The first one I was going to do was the Careers Day, the Careers Day story. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a hell of a story, that, that. I'd save that one. I'd go with the rugby first. And I'd rugby first. The okay, so the rugby first. So when when me and Henry were uh, progressing the ranks of schoolboy rugby, we got to year, what was it? It must have been seven, eight, nine. No, it must be about year 11. And um, 
we had former Leicester Tigers player and Irish international Jeremy Staunton came and he was coach for the year, sort of involved with the senior rugby set with the with the school. It's one of the one of the games we were playing. I think what was it? were we getting dick? I, I don't know if we were getting dicked or not. Honestly, it, it it gets past me. But anyways, something something had cracked off, uh, and our coach Jeremy Staunton was was a bit livid. So he was shouting at the touchlines, and obviously the opposition were taking us a bit of an advantage for them. They were giving him a bit of flack. So there's, there's Henry, the glorious man on the rugby pitch that he is. I don't know if you Lancaster boys have been averse to this, but he, he, he shouts back, oh, give him some respect. He's ex-international. <laughs> I'm just there like, why the fuck am I on this pitch with this guy? Like, what is that? And even even worse one, we're playing Bromsgrove, and Bromsgrove, uh, you know, they're... The top side. Getting absolutely pumped. I think it was the first game of our season. We get absolutely pumped by them. And these these boys are coming up to a uh, scrum. They're, you know, laughing at the lack of our effort. And Henry's like, oh, don't laugh at us. We're trying our best. And I'd, li- I'd like to think that through uni, he's actually progressed in his chat on the pitch. Because back then, he was bloody horrendous. He couldn't. But in, in terms of schoolboy anecdotes, there's a... Um... Oh, we'll have another one, please. <laughs> I'll keep reading them off, shall I? There was one in year 11. Pretty much, it was a careers day. And throughout this whole day, we were doing various activities. One of the last things we had to do was group plays that we like sort of give to our whole year group, informing each other about, I don't know, different vocations or whatever. Me and Henry are in different groups, and I'm sat with all of our year just watching what he's going to say to everyone. Part of their, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me what their presentation was about. But in, in part of their presentation, they lifted Henry up. And at this time, Henry was a pretty hefty bloke. And then for some reason, they sort of created a slide. And he, he came down with some force. And one of the blokes who was holding him up, his belt caught on his arm as he was coming down. So basically, he just mooned the whole of the school year. The headmaster came in as well. <laughs> so the headmaster came in and just saw Henry's bare ass. Mm, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, get the, let's get the word from the man himself. So uh, how, how did you feel about this, Hill? I mean, I've got to be honest. <laughs> At the time, it was one of those experiences you, you don't really feel like you're going to be able to live down. Like, obviously... Having your rather large bare hiney shown in front of the, the entirety of your year group wasn't ideal. Imagine. As experiences go. But the fact that when it happened, there was a there was a girl who I was I was rather rather hot for was in the front row. She had a she had a fair view of the of the bare moon rising. And it it really couldn't have been much worse at the time. In years in years gone by, I've come to laugh at it and I think that if we're honest, I would have mercilessly taken the piss out of any of you boys if that would have happened to you. And I'm glad that my uh, that my mates Ollie included were were like that with me. That in a way, because we all just kind of took it on the chin as a group and we were like, well, that is about as much of a if you were trying to script to make Hilton look like a prick above anything I'd ever said on a rugby field or elsewhere. No, I don't know. The rugby field chat was pretty you, horrendous. You, you have had yeah. some pretty awful chat on there as well. Absolute um, howlers. We've not brought up some of the stuff I've said at Lancaster yet, really. Oh, God. Uh, there we go. Except, well, except we did last episode. Oh, but, shit. Here we um, go again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the 
we owe it to the listeners to tell them the two experiences the, the one the one about where i got on a scrap and the one about my insult that i called somebody i think they both probably need to be brought up if you, like would you agree definitely i am um, i thought you were just gonna rattle them off to be fair like i thought, <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd explain the experience better because I, I think i think i always mix them up i think or like i mix up the details of both of them like i think some some of one happened on the other and then somebody other happened on the other one basically oh okay. so i think it's best to hear it from the horse's mouth pretty much i'll set the record straight then i have i have said some 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 fairly questionable things in the room before before i dispute ollie's take on the the sincerity of some things that have been said uh, at least when i went to lancaster one thing that was very clear is that everything i said was a bit was a bit of a joke as we all know jokes aren't always very funny what a joker <laughs> And uh, there, there were two occasions that we spoke about in the last podcast, one of which was, as many people will know, I am, I suppose, middle class is the right way of putting it. Uh, other people would call it uh, a safe seat for the Conservative Party. Very rarely do I do I use abbreviations or street language in, in the general run of the mill day. And we once played against a team at Lancaster and I'd, I'd thrown an offload, what I felt was a fairly good pass, and the ball had gone, and the player who was tackling me had really, like, they'd fucking committed to it. They'd lifted the leg, they were tickling my scrotum, and they, they dumped me out they dumped me out of play in a fairly fairly decent tackle, if I'm fair to him, but the ball had gone, like, 10 seconds earlier. And so, as I got up, he was getting up, and I gave him a, a, a fairly hefty shove with, with two hands on, on the back and on, on the neck. And uh, shouted the words at him, "The fuck are you doing, fam?" Which uh, went went down like a sack of shit with my coach, who at half time told me that if that ever happened again, he'd be thoroughly disappointed in me, and that I should just have hit him instead. But it wasn't advice that I heeded, because later in the season, my brain says that this was at, at Va- was it at Roses, or am I making that up? Definitely making that up. So it was one. Games of the season, then. I thought it was near the start, to be fair, but no, no, no. no, no. The, the, this one was end of the season. Uh, okay. This one I'm still kind of proud of because it's a bit of a meme, really. Um, it's a great meme. Again, again, which is becoming a bit of a habit. I received the ball, played a pass, got tackled into touch by somebody much stronger and bigger than me. And as he was driving me off the pitch, I decided to shout at him, "What the hell do you think you're doing, you fucking bionicle?" Oh dear. Uh... <laughs> Bionicle. I don't know why it came. Honestly, like, I don't know why it came. We've been talking about Bionicle memes like for a little bit beforehand. I think I don't know why that popped into your head to shout at him. How did he respond? The thing is, he didn't like. You'd expect to start laughing at me or even to square up to me. He just kind of ran off, which I don't. Maybe that makes it better because he didn't acknowledge just how shit my chat is. Maybe he was just confused. Anyway, so last time we ended up talking about paranormal experience that you've had in the past, Ollie. I think we'll dive into the deep end with that, get the conversation flowing. What were your feelings before these paranormal experiences happened on the paranormal? Like, do you remember what, what how you felt before the, these two experiences happened? Yeah, so be- before I was sort of like, I wanted to believe, but, you know, I was, you know, quite sceptical. But as the listeners will hear later, it will become quite relevant why if you do believe or you don't believe is quite relevant to your experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last pod, I gave two stories. I don't know if you want to get if you want me to give the same two stories or yeah, I, I think I, yeah, I, they yeah, were. Yeah. I thought they were really good to be fair. So okay, so, so the first one. So basically, I work in your toxic ledge centre, or I did do. <laughs> 
So basically, yeah, I work at Utopia Data Center. Since I've worked there, there's been a rebuild, but before, a bit of backstory, uh, quite a, well, a few people have died there, and where this occurrence happened used to be where the old squash courts were, and that's where the person had sadly passed away. Do you know much about a death? Do you know, like, why they passed away? Or was... Well, if I was to take a guess, it would be some sort of cardiac-related incident. Yeah, furious squash playing. Yeah. Basically. By the word guess, we're going to go with he doesn't know. No, really. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but most of those incidents are cardiac arrest. But like the one in the pool side, I know the one on the pool side was cardiac arrest. They got him out, tried to resuscitate, and failed resuscitation. Yeah, they sadly passed away. Yeah, we digress there. But um, uh, me and my brother were working there. We were down in the sports hall, putting uh, the gymnastics away. And for the gymnastics, we have these big red mats. You've got to roll them up, put them back in the store. And the store is where the squash courts were. So I was pissing my brother off the whole time we were doing it, like throwing bean bags and that. Out. So anyway, I was putting this big red gymnastics mat away. I was lifting it up. And as I was lifting it up, I felt like a... It was sort of like a tickle and a scratch across the top of my back. And I thought it was my brother doing it to me because obviously I've, I've pissed him off the whole time. So I thought he was doing it to get my own back. So I, I was like giggling to myself. So I saw him, I was like, oh, you know, why did you tickle the top of my back? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, you, you tickled the top of my back, didn't you? He was like, no. And then later it transpired. At the time, we sort of pieced it all together. At the time where he was, that this sort of incident happened, he was out in the sports for himself getting another mat away. And I was in the store by myself. So it was weird because it'd feel like someone was literally dragging it across the top of my shoulders. It's not as if, like, you know, it's like a faint, yeah. like, gust of wind. You definitely felt it, like. Yeah, I definitely felt something. So that was the first one. And the second one, which is the one that sort of does it for me. So basically, one night, it, I was in my house by myself. And usually when something cracks up outside my house, sorry, my, my dog would go to the front door and she'll bark at the front door. So me and my dog were in the house by ourselves. I heard what sounded like above me, which was my brother's room, like a thud. And then footsteps go across our landing upstairs. So I was like, right, this, but it sounded like someone was in the house. And I knew for a fact that I was by myself and my dog died me. So I was like, right, that's, that's odd. So she went off barking. So I was thinking she's going to go off barking at the front door because, you know, that's how, what she usually does because she's a bit dippy like that. But it was odd because when I went to where the front door was, she was faced up top of the stairs where the landing was. That that never happens. She never bar up to the top of the landing. She never does that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so maybe there is someone upstairs. So um, you know, big dick it. <laughs> go, go, <laughs> go upstairs, try and check it out. Obviously, nothing's there. So I'm like, what the fuck was that then? So a couple of weeks later, we have these family friends round. And one of our family friends is like a paranormal spiritualist i don't know she she dabbles in that sort of stuff a medium yeah there you go i wouldn't say she's quite a medium because she didn't channel it in herself she sort of just feels in the air around yeah her. yeah yeah so i was like okay look cheryl that's her name this has happened can you please help me out because i'm like i was freaked to fuck so i was like mm. sort of explain what has happened can you do like a reading because i want to know if something's up there to of course that because I, I was slightly interested because you know i do have a tendency for that sort of stuff so she goes up, she does a reading in my brother's room where I thought the noise sort of started and came across. So she said, like, sort of way outside and I'll do a thing. So I sort of looked in and she was, like, waving her hands around, doing, going berserk. I was like, okay, a bit odd, but, you know, 
needs must. So she came, she came out and my brother's room was clear. Nothing was in there. So she goes into our spare room, which was to the to the left of my brother's room, mm-hmm. but in the same vicinity where a noise could have happened and come out to the landing. And she is there. And I sort of look in and she looks like she's having like a conversation with someone. I was like, right, that's bloody odd. And she's like, she's with her hands, she's like flicking as if she's like flicking a book. Mm-hmm. For her to sort of stop. So she comes out and she's like, okay, there is someone there. There is someone in there. I'm like, okay, a bit odd. And she's like, yeah, it's um, it's your granddad. So I'm like, okay, how do you know that? And basically there was a book in there. And the reason she was flicking a book is for well, my granddad was showing her a page in this album book that we had. That was a picture of my granddad. So she she was like, it was taking the flick and I don't know, doing her own thing. And basically some some stuff in my family had happened and he'd sort of the reason why this incident occurred is because I am in, in our household, I'm the one who's most prone to paranormal shit because in the past I have made myself open to believing that so that sort of stuff had happened. So in a way he'd sort of made himself known to me. Mm-hmm. I'd be more susceptible to like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Our family friend then later told this to my parents and it was my, my granddad on, it was on my mum's side and my mum was saying that that is the pacing on the landing that is exactly what you do in the sort of stressful moment that that was it was very characteristic yeah that's yeah exactly that's the thing and i believe I, I sort of you say this sort of thing about paranormal mediums you don't you don't you know you got to take it with a pinch of salt you know yeah but the thing is one she accurately described the picture of my grandfather in the album. Mm-hmm. She didn't know it was there. She, we've never, we've never shown around the house, so she, she could not have known that was there. Yeah. And two, in her prior experience, she told my mum because, like, you know how they sort of pick up on things. Yeah. Something on my mum's side of some of my grandma's family friends. She knew something was wrong with that sort of side of family, and she was telling my mum that she needed to go and see these people and she was able to accurately describe our like sort of family friends signet ring to a t or, or, or rings that they had to a t and so she said oh you need to see these people you need to see these people so my mum went and saw, saw these people on the instruction of cheryl our family friend yeah a few days after she saw our family friends the wife of the bloke had died Holy hell. so yeah, it's scary because the the way the level of she was describing these people, she couldn't. There's no way we haven't talked about we haven't talked about any of these people like in our in our, our whole life of knowing them, not described anything to her, let alone talk about them. We haven't said anything of that of that nature. So yeah, no way she could have known anything about that. The thing is, that's scary, even if it isn't paranormal, because. If you take at face value that all of the, I call it medium, that's not technically correct, but all, all that sort of shebang is bollocks. The coincidence of that in itself is quite yeah. bad. That That's something you, you would revere that you think, wow, that was really set in stone by something or other. Yeah. Yeah. So just if there's like, like nothing to do with it, like paranormal at all, and it's all like just chance and that. Yeah. It's still pretty scary shit, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you feel like you could explain, like, why all that shit happened? Like, do you think there is, like, something that's all connected out there? I, I couldn't possibly explain how she knew that stuff. Because, one, we'd never talked to about... It, I mean, it's, it's, it's so niche because it was my... My grandma's friends mm-hmm. that never comes up in conversation. Yeah, like it simply doesn't. It's so like niche of a thing to talk about. So yes, one she couldn't have known about them, and then two the 
level of accuracy she was describing some of the things but for example what i said the rings and the house for example like she could not have known like there's there is literally no way mm-hmm. because like for, for example like they say like oh they don't know they'll, they'll search on facebook it's like these people they're so old they don't have facebook like there's no way you think that they she would feasibly be able to know these people before like absolutely 100 absolutely not and i couldn't see it the thing is as well that with, with certain people they are in tune with how other people work for whatever reason like i remember on numerous occasions my mum and her sister they're both very close bought each other identical presents for christmas i'm i'm not talking like oh one bought themselves a pair of slippers and that was that i mean slippers was an example but my mum once bought her sister a pair of slippers in one color and of that exact same range that same make that same year her sister bought her a pair in a different colour. So you could put that down, you could attribute it to just knowing yeah. each other well. Mm. Quite clearly a way in which you can be more in tune with other people. That's the thing, that's a scary thing, like, I'm guessing it's that sort of sibling interaction. Like, me and my brother, sometimes we'll start singing the same song or we'll say the same word at the same time without, yeah. oh, he wouldn't be thinking this, I'd just say it and he'll say it at the same time. It's sort of like that, that sort of, sibling intuition but with that is it's like we have no relation to them they're just a friend exactly how how much of that sibling intuition is sibling intuition Intuition, and how much of it is like transferred out to friendship exactly yeah not just like a a wider thing yeah like you could communicate with a person and connect with that person on a level that we just simply don't know how to understand it like previously whenever something weird happened or which like there's a really there's a really standard simpsons quote where there's just like Anything like that, a wizard did it. Mm-hmm. Do that as a society. We used to say anything we couldn't Witch. explain. It was, wit- it was witchcraft. witchcraft. Yeah. So there's certainly a strong part of me that goes, yeah. even if you don't believe in the paranormal side of things, there are almost certainly things that but we see, can explain. With that, you like sort of your own intuition, like you do, you you do it off a off a whim. It's like with your mum and her sister. They'd have just done that. Yeah. Yeah. What well, then with this paranormal stuff? I'm not saying you don't have to believe it. I'm just saying that how I see it. But the, the sort of accuracy she was describing is that you can't just go off a whim and say, oh, I'm going to Henry's house now. I can't I can't just sit there and think, oh, he's got a bookcase there. He's got a blue radiator there. I couldn't guess that. Yeah. Just sit there and say, I think he's got this there, this there, this there. I couldn't have that. I've known you for how many years? I couldn't just sit there and say, look, he's got that there, that there. Yeah. Because as much as I know you, I couldn't just say, oh, yeah. This is how he's had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the level of sh- the accuracy that she was describing, she was like, well, come on. There's no way you know that. But it almost comes down to the whole, when you look at somebody like Darren Brown, who is open about the fact that what he does isn't magical, yeah. isn't paranormal. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff he does is so impressive that there yeah. appears to be no logical explanation. I know he then explains it, but if he didn't explain that, that would seem yeah, so... Yeah, you'd be like a... Well, you think yeah, exactly. Confounding. Like there's so much that we don't understand about his behaviour. That mm-hmm. have you seen that Darren Brown apocalypse where he uh, oh, makes that yeah. guy think he's in a zombie apocalypse? That's <laughs> fucking mad. Imagine that happening. Yeah, or... he's like brainwashed into think he's in. Yeah. Alex Crazy. Walker apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> You've woken up. <laughs> You've summoned. No worries, yeah, I've, I've zoned out again. 
man. I wasn't asleep, I promise. I was listening. It's been a long day at work for you, that's why. Oh, it has, mate. It's been so long. Well, the same length of time as every other shift, but it felt very long. Oh, man. I'd say, like, what's what's your boys' opinions on that sort of stuff? Because obviously I've, I've sort of heavy gone on my sort of, mm. the sort of experience. Oh, like, what, what do you boys think about that sort of stuff? Um... I'm not sure, like, I've never really had anything like that happen to me, like, I've never been in a, a physical encounter or anything like that, or anything that I'd, I'd said, yeah, that's that's definitely paranormal, like, but, like, the, the thing, the thing is, like, I reckon there are stuff, there is a lot of stuff that we can't explain. Yeah. Going off what, I, what I've what i been reading, reading recently, and it's just a bit of spillover from the last episode, it's like, one of the main things that people say when, or one of the main effects of people taking psychedelics is that they can't explain the sit they can't ex- explain they can't put into words the experience they've just had and like they feel like they've connected to something that's la- like something larger than just themselves so it sort of lends it to there is something larger like consciousness and like deceased consciousness as well is all part of a larger thing rather than just like the physical world so like levels of reality i mean people think that you take psychedelics it's because they're off their head on mushrooms i don't mean that's got anything to do with a wider kind of thing or anything paranormal they're just in a sense maybe it's sort of i don't know it is like sort of whack job but maybe it does open yourself up to stuff but then it's like you know maybe it's you know your body telling you something rather than yeah reality itself it, a lot of it is like what you've been through what you've you've been feeling like up into it it's very subjective really yeah that's why it's quite hard to study because obviously you need studies to be non-subjective if you want them to be like to stand up in science and that but uh, yeah i i would agree that i'm i am a bit skeptical mm. like about it but there's no doubt like it's not just like anecdotal it's these these experiences where people have been feeling like connected to something bigger like not being able to explain it these are like common tropes these aren't like outliers if you get me yeah if i remember right didn't you have a experience that you shared about last time henry i did your house and yeah so when i was uh when i was at my old house we, we spoke about this in the context of the podcast last time because my personal belief is that there could well be uh, an overlap between some paranormal experiences and yeah, dreams. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the most solid paranormal experience I've ever had is, I will very openly and very honestly say, I 100% have seen a ghost in my old house in Eccleshaw. But what I'll clarify that as saying is that, well, very occasionally I'm prone to sleepwalking. And yeah. I came to and had been sleepwalking on that night that I'd come out of my bedroom onto the onto the landing of, of my old house. It was an old Victorian house. And I saw a figure standing opposite me. And there was no menace or no aggression in this figure, but it but it was definitely there and it looked at me. And I looked at it. And then I remember looking away because obviously I was taken aback because like you do, you see you see something and it was like I'm double not talking, taking. Exactly. Yeah. It was a double take. You kinda like, oh my God, there's a person there. And I'm not talking like in Potter where you see like they're kind of see through. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was a child opposite me. So the big goat is like Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the Potter shit that is, is <laughs> it, it was about Moaning Myrtle's age, and it it, it was a male, not a female, but yeah. it was about sort of like 14 years old. So it was older than me at the time. I saw it opposite me. There was no menace, no major interaction. But I look I looked away, looked back, and it was gone. But in that time, I'd come round and I'd realised my consciousness. And to me, 
I wonder how much of a personal side of a paranormal activity can be attributed to dreaming because we don't really fully understand sleep as a whole concept. We know that sleep helps you rest and helps you recuperate, but there's many other practices regarding it that actually we don't fully appreciate as, as a society. Without going into too much detail, my basic belief is that with some paranormal experiences, you can attribute that to a person being in a sort of semi-conscious state, effectively. That For me, it was sleepwalking. For some people, sleep paralysis is what you could say, where they imagine yeah. they see uh, a creature at the edge of the bed, for example. Mm-hmm. Sleep paralysis sounds bloody horrible. Yeah. You're basically awake, just lying. You can't move. Mm-hmm. And shit just happens around you. That's fucked. I think I think I did. I used to have like that sort of shit when I was younger, but I can't really remember it. I think the the dream side of things is very very interesting. Like, yeah, gotta bring it up again. But like, if we go from like some of the stuff I've been reading on psychedelics, like the really interesting stuff, like the neural, like what happens in the brain. Common psychedelics are like they are emitted into the body and then they go through and attach themselves to the neurons and the ser- and they mainly target like serotonin receptors. Mm. So it's basically like, if you just imagine it, like, so your receptors are like that baby game, like wooden blocks game where you're pushing different shapes through holes, basically. Yeah. So the serotonins are these blocks and the holes are the receptors. So serotonin is being pushed through them and entering your body like that and that like, and transmitting stuff. Now, why I explain it like this is like, let's say serotonin is like a circle peg, but you push it through a square hole. It doesn't fit exactly. It doesn't fit snug, but it will go through yeah, basically because yeah. the square hole is big enough. A square hole will allow it through basically. It's obviously not a perfect analogy, but it'll let it through. Whereas some of these psychedelics, which are available in in nature, these these psychedelics that take the place basically of the serotonin, they they're coming through this hole as like a perfect square into a square peg, which doesn't really make any sense. You think like, oh, well, this thing that's in our body, it's meant to be taken up by these receptors. Why doesn't it fit as well as like, say, psilocybin or LSD or what have you? And then that sort of like brings you on to thinking, well, if it doesn't fit exactly, then maybe it's made for something else. Maybe it's made for a substance our own body creates. Maybe this substance is created when we're dreaming because obviously you see things when you're dreaming and like you remember them but obviously they didn't happen yeah and then just to link it with the stuff you were saying before let's just say hypothetically you're having like you've got this psychedelic in you and you've just woken up it might still be there and then if you wake up and you see something it's gonna have like an effect of a dream like you're gonna think it's there you're gonna think it's right in front of you because it's still in your system but it's not and then you're creating this para- paranormal experience i feel that would perfectly explain like the sort of stuff you talked about Henry. However, for like what Ollie's been through, I don't. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure how that would have happened because that's that's sort of different, isn't it? Like, I completely agree because I think that it's it's almost a convenient explanation for a personal paranormal experience. But yours, Ollie, is almost secondhand in that you've you've experienced somebody else telling you this is the way it is with such accuracy that if we're honest and we're and we're skeptical, that could, that could have been a complete guess. But yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? But that, that's the thing. I've had a primary and a secondary for that one. Because mm. primary, I was, I was there. I can tell you, I wasn't sleeping or anything. It was about like six o'clock, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm at working or anything, and you know, I heard this bang and footsteps as as if it was like marching up the land. Yeah. So that that was like the primary experience. And the second, I've had my friend explaining it all. But yeah, there's there's no way like I can attribute it to maybe like the dreaming sort of aspect of it. All. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, peculiar. If you look at it, like Henry's experience was mainly sight-based, yeah. and it's quite easy to make a jump from like images, like dreams that you see in your head, and then make it jump to like you might have seen that, like it might have just like imagined it. However, your both your experiences were like different senses like the first one yeah. was mostly touch and like the second one was we were listening to what yeah what was going on pretty much so it's not it's not really a way to explain that no available to us at the minute anyway that, that was the thing that i was, I was going to say like because usually like so when i'm sitting there and i hear something i'm like oh I'll pass it off as another wind outside or so it's just maybe fall off a shelf or something mm-hmm. my instinct for what i heard that day was shit i need to defend myself here because something's inside the house yeah so it was totally believable you were fully in it basically i was like yeah shit battle stations now because i could be fucked here yeah oh yeah thankfully it transpired to to nothing but yeah i was generally like you know shit shit bricks that casper was in your gaff (laughs) casper was just there ready to uh... (laughs) alex you're awake (laughs) Is he? Uh, yeah. what you, have you got? Have you got any yeah, thoughts away, on any away. of that? I'm away. What we've been talking about. I think you all know my thoughts on it. I'm not a believer of stuff like that at all. In the politest way possible, I think it's a load of shit. <laughs> we need some skepticism on a show, just, like. Exactly. Two sides to every story. I can't fathom mm. it at all. I think I'm a bit of a Carl <laughs> Pilkinson, to be honest, when it comes to I stuff think, like what, this. What, Say is entirely respecting and understanding your opinion. Considering we've had the debate once before, one thing we didn't ask was, was this: What would it take for you to believe in a paranormal experience? Because many people who are atheists are often asked, "What would it take for you to believe in God?" And they say one shred of evidence. But what what would that look like for you? What would it take for you to go, "Oh shit, okay, maybe ghosts are real"? I think mm. it would be seeing it, like not just just feeling something or something like that because I'd just be able to pass that off as like a little shiver or something like that. I think seeing something but not just seeing it for a few seconds like seeing something it kind of interacting yeah. with it. Yeah. I think yeah because if I just saw it for a few seconds I could just put it down to oh I'm a bit tired or my eyes are just playing tricks on me or whatever but then it obviously it depends on mm. like what I'd see I guess. But yeah I think seeing something would be what did it for me. I think this is what made paranormal and conspiracies so entertaining is is because they are both quite unexplainable. Because mm-hmm. you could have some conspiracies that you think you know you fully believe, but you can't explain it. And it's sort of yeah with paranormal where you have some instances where it's like shit, this could be real, but then again you have to question yourself. It's all made of faith. Yeah, exactly. It is really. I think there's two things like humans need something, some way of explaining something that they can't explain. So that's how like conspiracies and like the paranormal stuff happens. Yeah. That's where the whole witch thing comes from, doesn't it? What I didn't realize until quite recently, like, was you just imagine like how dark the world would be like in the 1300s. Like, there's no, no electronic light, there's nothing like that. You've literally got fire, that's it, pretty much. And that's the only light source. If you think about it, that doesn't give of like as much light as like electric bulb would. So obviously there's going to be a lot of like scary shit out there, basically like things you're not going to be able to explain. 
So obviously you're going to want to be making stories or like legends or what have you about like what's going on out in the dark depths when you can't see shit, basically. And I guess the other thing is that's sort of like people wanting to explain stuff. As you said, it's about faith. I think people people want something to believe in as well. If we get onto like religion, it's very obvious that lots of people want something to believe in or a way to believe in shit. And that it's very obvious that that's a desire for people to have. So it's like life's just not meaningless, if you get me. Like, it's not all just like black and dark after we kick the can. What a nice way of putting it. I know. I thought that was quite a good roundup. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Rudy's Roundup. <laughs> I love how you made an intellectual point and then you've added a jingle to it, and all of a sudden, here we go. Here we go. Uh, all good things have jingles. When we, repeat, when we knew we had to repeat this episode, we were all a little bit sort of annoyed because we felt we had some fairly good content. But actually, the discussion we've had here has been far more sort of wholesome and genuine. Yeah. Like, we've had a good chat. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to just have a chat. Yeah. You know, I said all good things have a jingle. Yeah. One good thing that does not have a jingle is Gentleman's Corner. Ooh. That is true. So I believe, Ollie, you have one for us, seeing as you're the guest. Would you care to explain what your key matchup is this week? I do. I'd like to pose the question unto you, gentlemen. Uh, who would win in a fight? Keeping on the paranormal thing, would it be nearly headless Nick from the Harry Potter franchise? Or would it be the paranormal activity demon from paranormal activity one? <laughs> I did this before Hilton and it's already tickled you like <laughs> it just does make me laugh like literally all I can imagine is like you know in the first Harry Potter where Nick like tilts his head he's like Ugh. yeah it's all I can imagine is him doing that and the paranormal activity goes just mauling him that is absolutely savage like <laughs> paranormal activity goes he's a bit well they're a bit overpowered not to assume their gender or anything <laughs> Fuck off, dogs! <laughs> <laughs> it's straight up getting the bin for that. <laughs> of a fake fictional ghost, always. Oh, hey, watch it! Watch out! The, the feminists and the Karens will be on you. They'll be coming. Yeah, the Karens are uh, you look out from. I tell you what, how bad must it be if you're a nice, normal human being called Karen, with everyone saying, "Oh, you're such a Karen." If you're just a normal person, like stop bullying me. Can that be the headline of the? Uh... Can we call? Can we call this pod? You're such a Karen. But it's hardly about Karens. That, like, look, if you want it to be about Karens, I'll mention that word several more times. Uh, I think we, I think we need like a proper feature on Karens. Karen, 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 Karen. <laughs> Karen. We need to get one on and just go fully into it, like, because it's it is quite a big unknown, like how how someone could be that entitled, right? <laughs> oh, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that indeed. <laughs> right. Who's winning then this matchup? Champions. Well, Hil- Hilton's already already solved. I think Hilton solved solved it saying the paranormal paranormal activity ga- ghost is well overpowered compared to nearly headless Nick, who his pie trick is just tilting his head. So the thing is, even though I've said that, my actual honest opinion. <laughs> is somewhat more convoluted in that nearly headless Nick, it says it in the name, he's nearly headless. 
If you could, if you nearly chopped my head off, I'd be fucked. You've nearly chopped his head off. There are fully headless ghosts at Hogwarts, like mm-hmm. fully headless. You suggested he's resilient. I am. I am. I am resilient. So what I'm saying is, if you can more or less remove his head from his torso, at what point do you kill him? And the paranormal activity ghosts. Quite frankly, I can't even remember how like. There's that many parallel activity films. All of them shit me up. But surely it's easier to kill whatever goes... Two, paranormal, two, activity. <laughs> paranormal activity, paranormal activity, two. Paranormal activity, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> pa- two, paranormal, two, activity. Currently hidden with a Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I tell you what, Johnny will be listening to that. He won't be Wits up the fucking razor scooter. <laughs> Starts to get out his, his Union Jack flag in his Rangers shirt. <laughs> oh man. Oh dear me. Christ. What what do you think about this one, Alex? Who do you think's gonna win? Uh I'm siding with Hilton on this one. I think nearly headless Nick has got a bit of resilience to him. And also think I'd have thought if you were to perform an exorcism or could nearly headless Nick perform an exorcism because I because he's quite friendly and quite nice. <laughs> I don't think one would actually affect him that much. Casper, like he's no Casper. He's a nice guy though, isn't he? Is he? I think so. He's never done anything horrible to anyone. Well, surely he's got a reason to be nearly headless. You know, Accident. maybe he's got maybe he's changed his ways. Maybe he was like. An absolute dick. <laughs> maybe he was a massive dick and then got his head nearly chopped off uh, and then thought, you know what, I've got to resolve my ways. I mean, to be fair, we all thought Prince Andrew was a nice guy and yet oh, here we are. <laughs> maybe he just fell on his own sword and that's how he lost his head. Maybe he didn't fall on his own sword. Yeah, maybe Prince Andrew accidentally typed in child porn on his browser, but oh. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> this needs to be destroyed, not just deleted, but destroyed. <laughs> Now we've got the Royals on us. Oh, nice. oh hell! It's gonna be like that—that that fucking Star Wars meme. It's gonna be so, half this half this episode is gonna be cut out, and it's gonna be like Obi Wan is like, it's not appearing in the records. The records must be on incomplete, <laughs> and all this sort of shit. It's not in the archives. <laughs> in archives. The archives must be incomplete. <laughs> Who's that guy from the cafe? And someone's like, it's a chameleon blowdown. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, in Attack of the Clones, oh, you know where he goes to, was it Dexter? He goes to... Yeah, the yes. guy, the guy with like, oh, he's got yeah, like yeah. Four, ha- four arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can snipe yeah. him. And he's like, Obi-Wan's just sat there chilling like, yeah, this is a normal thing to happen on Coruscant. Who's, who's the, uh, the bounty hunter, isn't it? Uh, Zarnvest. Like Sam Wessel, yeah. yeah. Look at that. Knowledge. Oh. <laughs> I used to absolutely geek out over uh, Star Wars. Yeah, bro, I, I was the best. I still think that that should be one of the episodes that we do one day that we should just sit down and watch the Star Wars films. Just film it. And just see what comments we come out with. Commentary, mate. The first. We should make it a series. We could do like single ones. We can do it new one each time. Like it'd be fucking funny though. It would be. It would be really, really. We'd have to talk. Like there'd be a lot of talking going on because the first, the first ones 
so shit. Like, I've, so I've, bad. It's so bad. But the music. It's just so boring. The best, the best one is yeah, the music. The music was. Like I've I've come round to um, Revenge of the Sith a bit. I think that's actually yeah. It's not as bad as the other two were. Bro, no doubt, no doubt. Revenge of the Sith. If we're giving an honest, unbiased answer, the best one is Empire. Revenge of the Sith is a close second. At, like the prequels are okay, but Revenge of the Sith is a good fucking film, and I won't hear anything against it. I know it's been memed a lot, but like. And for the for the listeners who haven't quite realised by this stage, by the tone of my voice, I fucking love Star Wars. I will not have anyone talk to me bad about Star Wars. But Revenge of the Sith is fucking myth. It's so good. Like, I, I, I would admit it does have its flaws. Like, I don't get why Anakin goes, like, after he's been turned by, uh, what's his face? Like, there's, there's areas of the film, like, plot-wise, I'm not too sure, but I... I think there's some really good scenes in it. I agree. I think, like, you can argue with the plot in the originals, let alone the prequels or the sequels. Yeah, definitely. Like, I went back and watched the first one recently, and I thought, this is a bit this is a bit boring, like... Like, everyone hates on episode nine as well, because of the whole, like, Rey being Palpatine's granddaughter. But, honest to God, I think that episode nine is a fucking sick film. There are a whole load of plot balls with it. But Star Wars is a children's film. I'm not going to lie. If you're getting beat up about the fact that Star Wars doesn't make sense, just ask yourself a question about why you're getting annoyed about the fact that people are fighting with laser swords, shooting, like, well, again, lasers at each other, living on, like, the International Space Station on roids for most of the saga. I'm like, just, just calm down. Just pipe down, people. I get passionate about this stuff. The original trilogy, obviously, George Lucas had, like, a roadmap for what he wanted to do, and he, he did that in the first original trilogy. In the prequel trilogy, he had the same he had the same thing. It wasn't... obviously wasn't executed as well in some of the films as in the first ones, but it followed, like, a half-decent narrative. The thing with the, the sequel trilogy is like they just they just seem to have no fucking clue which way they wanted to take the story. Like yeah. it's just like it's just all over the place. Like but that's because they hired two directors. Like the guy who did episode seven and episode nine was different to the guy who did episode eight. Episode seven was exactly the same as A New Hope, and it set everything up. They just like scene for scene ripped it off, and that was okay. For a new trilogy. Yeah, because people people wanted that shit. Like it was the first one. We weren't gonna give it like a hard time. It was like first one in ages when we thought it was all dead. Exactly. But like the thing that people forget is that episode eight. There's the whole thing where they go to that weird casino like horse racing planet was unnecessary. But actually, other than that, episode eight was a good film. It just didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Like if they'd have been sensible with it. And just removed that in terms of if the director would have just gone, okay, shit, we have another film to go instead of trying to end the whole saga on his own terms. Yeah. Fine. Or even if they'd have had an episode in between seven and eight and be like, right, eight is now nine. Yeah. The fact that Luke died a hero. But they tried too hard to fudge an ending into it and then make another film out of it. So yeah. episode nine. They had to pick up the pieces of episode eight from a story that was meant to be sold in episode seven. And I mean, it was just retarded. I'd have written the whole thing for free and I'd have done it in my own time. Yours will just be like some like Ray fan fiction shit where 
she like gets piped by all the guys. Bro, I feel passionately that. about Star Wars. I will not be standard like that. However, in the... you would have you would have given what's his face a decent story after the first one. John John Boyega's character. Oh Finn. I can't remember. Finn would have given him a decent decent story after the first one. Like. I would just like to add that I don't know whether the recording picked it up. <laughs> but Ollie just said, are we going to decide a winner for Gentleman's Corner? <laughs> <laughs> why did we get on to discussing the new Star Wars film? Again, we got massively sidetracked. I'm trying to think how we got on to Star Wars. Like, honestly, like, I really can't remember. I'm going nearly headless, Nick. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I think it's it's going back to nearly headless, Nick. I think it's it must be getting late. Like, <laughs> So, Hilton, to round us up, uh, I hear you've got a another key matchup for us. Would you care to digress? Absolutely would care to digress. We've been digressing all evening, but frankly, I'd like to take us back to a simpler time. Uh, a few hours ago today, I was scrolling through my TikTok and I came across... Uh, that Chinese spyware. Aside from the Chinese spyware, I came across a man who happened to be a voice actor in a show called Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb was dear to my heart, dear to my soul. Firstly, for the inclusion of one character, Perry the Platypus. And what I would like to know, boys, is who would win in a fight to the death between Perry the Platypus or a platypus with the intelligence of a human being? Perry, Perry, Platypus. Perry. But you say that. But Perry the Platypus... Is just a platypus who happens to be smart. The platypus with the intelligence of a human being, that's adaptable. But Perry the platypus wears a hat, so you think he has the intelligence of a human. And he's a spy. Exactly. So he's got he's got two in one. He like works for MI6 as well as being a part of platypus. But just because he appears to be human smart doesn't mean he is human smart. What I'm saying is that the other platypus. You don't know he's not though. Yeah. I don't know that he's not. But what I'm saying is that the platypus with human smarts might well develop, like, proper tools for those who are fucking hat. And, like, honestly, have you seen some of the episodes back? And, like, Dingle Bingle, or whatever his name is. Dingle Bingle. It's a platypus with plumbing gear. And then Perry it's takes off Perry the plumbing gear. It's like, him. oh, it's a platypus. And then he takes and he puts his hat on. He's like, oh, it's Perry the platypus. Perry doesn't outsmart him. Dr. Dingle Bingle Jangle is not very smart at all. And what I'm saying is that if a platypus had a human intellect, it would absolutely batter Perry the platypus. Well, would because he's thinking, if it had a human intellect, it'd think, fuck, I'm a platypus, not a human. No. There go, it would be shitting itself and wouldn't be very threatening. But it wouldn't, because the platypus... would be terrified of being a platypus if it was a human, not intellect. No, because the platypus knows it's no, a but platypus. If it, had, if it had that, you know, the thoughts that we do, you look at its own body and think, Fuck, what's going on? But what if it had the perceptiveness of a pl- of, of a human while still being a platypus? What I'm saying is that this this rabid, feral beast that is the platypus has all of a sudden got feral. the ability... Ooh, fuck off, it is. It's got it's bloody feral. Well now, well, now it's got the ability to use a knife. I think you're, sh- you're shaming platypuses there. Like, you're putting them in a bad yeah. like They're very innocent creatures. Platypuses are one of the most venomous creatures on the planet. Where, but where have you found that from, Deadly 60. <laughs> Deadly 60. Steve Backshaw, yeah. <laughs> I just thought another good key match of like Steve Backshaw versus uh, what's his face? The guy who drinks his own piss. Bear, Bear Grylls. Oh, Bro, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter what SS training that Bear Grylls has had. Steve Backshaw would smack him up. He beat him to death with a stingray. 
Bear Girls is be like drinking a piss while Steve is punching his face like literally like fucking punching snakes and It'd shit. It'd be like, like the that. end credits of a UFC game. Like Steve <laughs> Baxter would just be pummeling Bear Girls into the ground. No, like, all right, guys. I'm going to go drink my own piss and scale down the Empire State Building. Steve Backshaw will be miles ahead. Light years ahead. Bear be hitting... improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah. I don't agree with you. I think Steve Backshaw would smack his head in. I didn't say he wouldn't. I just <laughs> said he'd improvise, adapt, and overcome. <laughs> he's got he's got a right strategy. However, the brute force of Steve Backshaw has got him all the time, I think. Yeah. I think if Steve Backshaw Steve knew his fight... If Steve Backshaw knew he was fighting for his life, he'd be he'd be right up there to beat Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls is soft enough. Like, he once went on a more Sidemen video or something back in the day. And I just... I just he get, he gets... Bear Grylls soft as shit, mate. Bro, Deadly 60 is called Deadly 60 for a reason. Steve Backshaw's got this in the bag. Steve Backshaw is one of the Deadly 60. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> the whole fucking point is Deadly 60. Without Steve Backshaw, it's just 60. It was originally, <laughs> it was originally pitched as the Deadly 59. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pitch you guys a new show, actually. It is called Deadly 60, but it's like the 60 best child lights. The 60 most best child lights. Present, still presented by Steve Backshaw. All right, Dodsy, give us one line that Steve Backshaw is going to use. Um, give us a minute. Are you, are you, are you, um, a refuse truck? Because I want to put my junk inside you. Iced. Here's, it goes, it goes another one. What, what's the difference between jam and marmalade? Oh, no. <laughs> I can't marmalade my dick in your ass. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Um, what what was the original question again? Oh, platypus versus platypus the shit. The original question was who would win? A, <laughs> who would win? A platypus with a human brain and consciousness or Perry the platypus specifically? And I said a platypus with a genuine human brain and consciousness would smack a sentient Depends platypus. Depends on the human. I reckon... Perry's uh, platypus for me. He'd, he'd know how to use that venomous barb, like... And for we know, the cartoon platypus doesn't have one, so... I agree with you, Or totally oblivious to the fact that he has one, like... One's a spy and wears a hat. I'm sold. Yeah. I think Perry's winning for me, hands down. you got to live in the real world, guys. Like, this, right, if this, we're living this, this, in the real pla- world, platypus, this real platypus does not have a human brain and be fighting a cartoon platypus. You know what, fuck you. I mean... Platypus with a human brain is really that funny. <laughs> Not sure about that, fella. Right, well, I think we're... Agree to disagree. Agree I think we're 2-2. Two, two. We're going to have to agree to disagree because we're 2-2 we're two, two side on this, um, which is a bit underwhelming as we come towards the end of the show. Oh, I tell you what is a bit more of a bombshell, just Steve Backshaw in the, in the, in the first place, but um, <laughs> one thing we can agree on is that Steve Backshaw would smack up Bear Grylls. And I have a feeling that's enough for tonight's podcast. I'd like to say thank you to our regulars, Alex and Hilton. You're and also thanks uh, thanks for Ollie for coming on the show again after we all balls up. Download it. Don't worry, I'm gonna definitely download this one straight after. <laughs>
I, I'm just gonna pray that this Discord doesn't the uh, game end itself in the oh, last thirty cool. seconds. Oh no! <laughs> Imagine that'd be absolute scenes. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and see you on the next one. Cheerio.